This is the Under Pressure Podcast. Every week, wherever you get your podcasts, we have guests on to talk about their careers from a different angle. So remember to keep up to date with us on Instagram and Twitter at underpressure one underscore and Under Pressure Podcast on Facebook. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Under Pressure Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Barker. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Now on today's episode... Our guest was drafted 29 in the 2000 National Draft. He played 129 games for the Brisbane Lions between 2001 and 2009, kicking 55 goals in that time and was also part of the 2003 Brisbane Lions Premiership side when they defeated Collingwood by 50 points. Jamie Charman, welcome to the Under Pressure podcast, mate. Good, Jake. How are you, mate? Yeah, going all right. Going all right at the moment. Um, now, kick things off. Uh, what are you doing with yourself uh, at the moment? Jake, I've got a uh, property business. So I've got a residential buyers agency here in Brisbane. So we look after look mainly people looking for a home, uh, look after a lot of interstate people moving back uh, to Brisbane, a lot of people moving up to Brisbane, um, especially after COVID. A lot of people come back from overseas. And, as you can imagine, lots of frustrated buyers at the moment who just aren't able to find something. So we uh, I sort of run a, a, a small business uh, down at James Street. Uh, we mainly look over after properties that are sort of, you know, one to two million dollars and over um, and mainly look for people looking for a family home. Um, but we also look for investors and things like that looking to uh, invest into Brisbane. So. Um, I've sort of always been into real estate after I finished footy and I was sort of really interested in when I played footy as well. Um, I used to sort of do a few developments and smaller developments, I should say, uh, on the side while I was playing. Sort of, I was sort of sometimes a bit more interested in that than playing footy. But <laughs> now I've uh, pretty much got my dream job now, mate. So um, finding homes for people and looking after people that I love. Oh, that's wonderful, mate. Yeah, I was, I was going to touch on that. Did you have, did you have that passion? But sounds like it during the playing days and after too. Did, was it was it right as at a young age when you were came into the AFL, or was it sort of did you sort of progress into sort of liking that? Yeah, I um I'd always had an interest for property when I was playing. So in terms of um, like myself and my dad, he used to um, buy and renovate homes when I was playing football. So that sort of continued into what, you know, which is our buyer's agency today. So we've had, uh, despite the, the, what's been sort of happening around with COVID, the market's been really strong here and we look after a lot of people coming up for me to stay. who have just been unable to fly up. Um, people who, you know, as I said, just frustrated buyers, unable to find something. So, and they just sort of, especially during COVID, people just needed someone they could trust on the ground up here to buy properties and, yeah, and that's what we do. It's, uh, it's a great business and it's a bit of a passion that, uh, you know, I get to work in every day. No, that's, that's wonderful. It sounds like you're enjoying it as well. So uh, it's always, always nice to, to do something you love, even after doing something you, you loved as well. So um, you've had a good time yeah, in, absolutely. in the job space for sure. Um, let, let's let's dive, dive straight into it. Um, early on, before you got drafted, did you, did you have any even minor or major injuries before you even got drafted or were you pretty t- tolerable no, at that time? I was pretty, it was pretty injury-free um, up until that time. They sort of started to come 
probably in my last, uh, like sort of once these sort of 2003, 2004 came, um, it just sort of seemed to be sort of injury after injury, especially probably 2007, um, right the way through to me finishing my career in 2011. Um, yeah. I had a real bad run of injuries. Probably the last two years of my career were, were horrible. I didn't get too many games out at all. So, yeah, it was just, um, I suppose when you don't get that continuity, you know, not only with training, but playing, uh, and then you have, you know, major injury after major injury, then it's sort of really hard to come back uh, with. So, you know, I've, I've probably had about seven or eight operations during my time, four of those sort of major, like four reconstructions, two in my shoulder and two knees and range of other broken bones and things like that. So it does take a toll on you, especially the position that we play um, in terms of the ruck, but probably the way I played sort of didn't help my cause either. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. That, that That's exactly right. Can you remember, uh, you You mentioned a couple of injuries there. What was your first injury that you, you remember getting when you were in, in the AFL? Uh, I think I had a stress fracture in my early days. I think just, you know, a lot of young kids get a lot of stress fractures, obviously, because their bodies just aren't used to the rigours of AFL. So that was probably my first, you know, and I think I had a couple of months off in my first year. Uh, probably, I think it ended up being sort of six weeks or something in my first year I had off. Uh, so that was all new to me, you know, going through that process. And then um, certainly towards the last two to three years, I, it was very, very frustrating. Um, it was sort of, uh, it sort of does put a little bit of a dampener on your career, especially early on when you played so many, mm. um, when you played so many games in a row and then, um, and you're fit, you're healthy, and then you get to the end of your career and you just can't trust your body anymore. You sort of know it's time to, you know, uh, hang up the boots. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. Early, early days, did you sort of confide in anyone? I know there was a lot of fantastic players there while you were there early days. Did you sort of gravitate to anyone about the way they went about maybe doing rehab or just maybe sort of nitpick some things that they did or anything like that, or were you pretty good? Yeah, it was all it was all probably all new, that whole space around, you know, getting injured for the very first time and having time off. One of the hardest things for younger players is having uh, time away from football where uh, it's, you sort of don't know what you're going to do, you know, mm. like in that time that you have off. Um, I think the clubs are sort of getting better at sort of trying to put some structure around that now. But certainly back then, like lead back years didn't like players being injured around the football club so oh, okay. he hated people being around in crutches it wasn't his thing he didn't like uh he didn't like uh players walking around the crutches i think it was he always thought it was a bit of a bad voodoo um on the rest of the team so you sort of kept right away from the team back then like now they embrace a lot of mm. clubs embrace the injured players and bring them in and bring them close where the league sort of tended to push you back the other way so would that mean you'd have to do all your stuff sort of away, like after the group has sort of come and gone sort of thing? Yeah, would you have to much. do? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, gee, yeah that's... pretty much. Lately, <laughs> yeah, sometimes he, he, he wouldn't be wanting to put you in team meetings. You'd, uh, <laughs> it, you know, all your training was away from everyone else. Yeah, it, got, it did get better as the years went on, but sometimes <laughs> when you're older and you're at the back end of your career, 
Mate, you don't want to be in those meetings when you're sitting in, on crutches or in a moon boot. It's uh, it's not the greatest feeling to um, to to go through, especially you know. I I think there's always higher pressure when you, you know, when you're older too, because mm. you're getting paid more. Uh, you know, you can't get on the field, so you you do carry that guilt around with you, um, yeah. and then plus the pressure you put on yourself as well. You know, to you know. Uh, achieve that high standard when you can't trust your body as i said it's um it's an awful feeling um knowing that you can go out there and train and you just got in the back of your mind the whole time whether you're going to get through the session or not yeah no for sure i mean <laughs> i mean we all, we all know lee was a, a brutal operator so i mean obviously it worked with the uh the club being so successful in that time but <laughs> sounds brutal nowadays so <laughs> imagine if it would work like That's that it. today no uh, I, don't, I don't think it would work <laughs> like that at all mate <laughs> oh, no that's crazy you're listening to the under pressure podcast get into probably your uh, your biggest injury of your career can you can you take us back to your your biggest injury of of the career was it was it the late one that sort of um forced you to oh. retire or was it a bit earlier on I had knee tendonitis in my jumping knee, like in the knee I jumped into. So every time I jumped in the ruck, it was, it was excruciatingly painful. So I just hated sort of going to the set of squares in my last two years because it's just the pain that I'd get just, you know, hitting into the ruck. So mm. you sort of try and disguise it, you know, a little bit. But it's very hard when you're a ruckman and you've got another guy who's 110 kilos running towards you. I, I, probably the thing I, I think was was the hardest was I had an Achilles injury that ended my career. Um, had a, a couple of ankle reconstructions, um, but it was my Achilles that was the thing that sort of wore me down in the end. And yeah. I think tendonitis is just one of the most annoying, frustrating, most mentally you know, disabling uh, injuries that you can sort of have. Um, I've had a lot of broken bones. See, if you have a broken bone, you know that it's going to heal or you have a stress fracture, it's going to heal over time. Yeah. Mm. Where... Tendonitis is just consistent and it's painful and it just doesn't go away and uh, it just slowly grinds you down. And, and you know, when you're training every single session under duress and, uh, you know, it does wear you down mentally. I was, I was, I was very fatigued by the end of it. I just uh, I was happy to sort of move on from footy towards the end and, and it does put a little bit of a dampener on your career. But, look, now that you sort of finish and move on to other things, you know, You've got your own business. Um, one thing you just sort of do hang on to are the good times, and you don't sort of remember the bad times until I talk to you, Jake. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I am sorry for bringing this all back. <laughs> back up, mate. Actually, I'm just about to. I'm, I'm just about to cry. By the <laughs> uh, apologies for bringing up all the stuff, mate. But the listeners will appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you, you, you mentioned um, the mental side there. We all know it's not when it comes to injury, it's not just the, always the physical side. How, how were you mentally when you got these, like, these injuries? Because obviously, as you said, tendonitis is just something that just keeps nagging and nagging and nagging and it just doesn't go away. How do you, how do, you deal with that? Well, I think it's just the recurring injuries that get you down over time. Like, if you if you do get better from a particular injury, uh, you know, but when when you've got something consistently nagging at you, um, you know, like there's times where you just don't want to go into the football club, you don't want to interact with the players, um, you want want to get right away. So probably 
the release for me was, you know, the property side of things, you know, having that interest outside yeah. was really helpful um, and sort of kept you sane in a way. Um, yeah, but, the, sure. oh, look, there's some really frustrating times towards, the, you know, towards the last couple of years, you know, just unable to get right or you, you think you're close to getting right and then you'd have setback after setback and, you know, you have that over two or three years and, um you know, it it does certainly does have an effect on your mental state and your confidence and things like that. It's um, yeah, it's one thing that all players I, I think go through with you know long term injuries or reoccurring injuries is you know there's always that level of doubt and and uh, frustration. Yeah, no, for sure. And and as you said, it's always it's unfortunate. It's always going to happen. I don't think it's injuries are a part of all sports, and it's just something that players will have to expect maybe over time that, that they will get hurt and it may be uh, to the detriment of their, their playing but um, it's the way you sort of come out of it and, and the way you deal with it and um, that can and obviously you use your, your, your property passion there as well to sort of help you get through it so it's usually doing all the things that you're passionate about as well sort of helps you get through it uh, do you really yeah do you remember the <laughs> it's probably not the greatest question after you said it's, it's making you a bit teary, but uh, do you remember the time where at the moment that you knew you, you were done with that last injury? Uh, yeah, I, I played my last uh, game. We played a reserves game, and I think that it was sort of coming towards the end of the season. Uh, like, let's put, put you out there to play, although I was, Achilles was extremely sore. Played half a game, but played, played against the Suns in a reserve game uh, at Metricon. Definitely where you don't want your career to finish, but uh, <laughs> I two, two goals in the first five minutes of the game. I was up and about in the first 15, oh. 20 minutes. Started to get sore. Started, started to get a little bit sore by halftime. I just couldn't even walk. So I went, uh, went to the boundary line and, um, you know, it was... Went for a walk on the beach that weekend after it. It was a long weekend. We had to buy the next week. And we had a couple of days off after the game. And I was trying to walk along the beach, you know, on the Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, I was trying to walk along the beach. I just couldn't walk. So, and uh, I just said, look, mate, I'm done. I'm finished. Uh, and he's like, he wasn't, I don't think he's expecting me to, to say that. I literally can't walk along the beach. So I don't know how I'm going to play the rest of the year out or even trying to play. So, you know, I, I think he sort of got a bit upset too, too at the time. So we both had a bit of a tear in our eyes and <laughs> then we moved on. Oh, man. But, I mean, as you said, yeah, you played with him as well and then coach. Like, that would have been so hard. I mean, it would have been a very heartfelt moment too. But um, as you said, um, it's always nice to it, – it's hard to look back on the on these sort of times, but it's you can always look back on, on the great times that you had as well. So, And, and you got to play a game that you loved for, yeah. for so long as well too. Not many people get to play, um, absolutely. Let alone one game. So I'm sure you're happy um, with how it all, all all turned yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Under Pressure Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, a bit of a funny question: How were you as a rehabber? Were you, were you pretty good, or did you sort of want to get things done quickly, or did you take your time, or were you sort of in the middle? No, I was, <laughs> oh, I wanted to get things done quickly. I think that was to my detriment. That was probably the reason why I had reoccurring injuries because I always just wanted to test it. Or, you know, just wanted a quick fix straight away. And as you know, with tendonitis, 
that's uh, that's the worst mindset to be in. So trying to be patient has never been my quality. And um, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, you're always trying to push the envelope a bit quicker than what you think. And you know, it was too much detriment in the end. But that's just my personality. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get as trying to get out there and play as many games as possible. <laughs> it's an eight week injury. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's an eight no, week no, injury. Try and get, get back in two. Yeah, <laughs> so try and get back in two. That's exactly right. I couldn't agree more. I'm a bit like that myself. I'm trying to slow down as well with my rehab at the moment too. So it'll help me. Um, um, so to, to young athletes coming coming through, obviously you might have some good advice uh, for these guys coming into an AFL system and even, even maybe sort of the players that play your position as well. What, what's some advice you can give to them coming in if they do get injured and what sort of what to persist with and um yeah different things like that well i just think if you can prepare your body the best way you can like you're always working on your skills always working on you know whether that be a training you know when you're on field stuff um but you know certainly in preparation in terms of injuries those sorts of things like the game now you have to come in pretty pretty ready guy you know the afl the afl even compared to when i started um the players are now coming in are so much more prepared than you know than you know 20 years ago when i got drafted so yeah. that's weird me saying 20 years ago <laughs> but, uh, wow that is wow. true you know <laughs> but if you can prepare yourself um get all the right mechanisms in place in terms of your recovery straight after games um, and just be really, really diligent in terms of um, eating healthy and prepare yourself the best way forward. You know, it gives longevity to yourself in the game. Like, mm. I, I think where my downfall was that, you know, I tried to come back too quick, tried to, um, you know, push or always be pushing the envelope to try and get back quicker. But if, you know, it spent the time in actually being a little bit more diligent, you know, a little bit more focused on. Um, preparing my body better, um, I think that sort of helps you long term. Mm. No, definitely. Um, yeah. So it's certainly sometimes the way I played, you know, I was very much a bash and crash sort of ruckman. That sort of didn't help. Um, <laughs> that didn't help my cause. But look, a lot of the injuries that I did, whether they could have been preventable, um, those collision ones, definitely not. But certainly from a rehab point of view, you know, better in that space. And I think that could have helped me later on in my career. Yeah, no, no, for, no, for sure. Going to sort of uh, other other players. Do you, do you remember playing a game and thinking, uh, looking at other players' injuries? Did you ever have what was the worst injury that you ever saw on field? If, if it, even if it wasn't, maybe it was you or maybe it was someone else. Uh, remember the probably the worst injury I did see during my time was um, we're playing Geelong at the Gabba. Um, for any other. Jonathan Brown had hadn't had too many kicks at that stage, and I reckon it was third quarter. It wasn't sort of playing all that well, and it's probably that collision where he sort of went back with the flight of the ball. Oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, Mitch ended up uh, taking him out from Geelong um, mm. in that big pack formation. That was probably the one of the worst things I've seen. Um, <laughs> I actually thought. Oh, I didn't thought, think he was with us after that collision. Like, oh, <laughs> that was probably one of the worst things I've seen where you're in that time and moment and you're going, holy moly, that's, um, that's horrendous. So, 
that's probably the worst thing I've seen. Yeah, it was. It was. I remember watching it. I don't know if you could see in the back corner. I'm a, I'm a Geelong man, so I was definitely watching that game. It was. Uh, <laughs> that was crazy. That was. I was like, all oh, he's done that so many times. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to too many people, but like when you see it live and when you're on the field, it's just it's just crazy. So, um, yeah, I couldn't imagine <laughs> anything worse than seeing it live on the field. That's for sure. Uh, now, to finish the, the podcast, what I like to usually do is do a, a bit of a draft. So we go back and forth in uh, taking players in a, in a certain topic or, or whatever the topic may be. It doesn't have to be people. But today's topic is uh, greatest ruckman uh, of all time. So we're going to go one for one and then sort of pick our greatest, our greatest ruckman. This is the Under Pressure Draft. Would you like the first pick or would you like me to have the first pick? Nah, you can you can pick. Oh, you're too nice, too nice. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering whether to. I'll I'll go in the last little bit. Um, can't go past this guy. He's probably one of the greatest, and you probably competed against him a few times uh, as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Dean Cox as as. Ah, the... <laughs> damn it! I should have gone first. I'm uh, I thought about yeah. going with my own team, but uh, I decided to go that way. But yeah, over to you. Over to you. What do you got for me? Nah, uh, look, I, I think, uh, look, the, the two that I've got on my mind were definitely Dean Cox and uh, Luke Darcy. I, I, oh, obviously, yeah. early days when I sort of started playing, he was in fine form. You know, he was in line for a Brownlow, I think, might have been in 2002, 2003. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was in exceptional form. but. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was great at getting the ball around the ground. But look, I, I, you know, if I could steal Dan Cox off you, I would. <laughs> Might have to organise a trade or something like that. Maybe we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll it. talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to go um, back in the day, a long, long, long time ago. One of the greatest ruckmen uh, of all time from uh, my mighty cats, uh, Graham Polly Farmer. I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah. Have- wow. Could not, could, yeah, that's how far we're going back. So it can be <laughs> as far back as you like. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with him. He just sort of re- he revolutionised sort of oh, that position. Look, and, I, I, and I, think, I think I'll go Sean Wren if we're going back a few years. Oh, I like it. Up here. So Ren, I like I'll, it. I'll go Rennie. Rennie was, Rennie's a, a great choice. Until yeah. he slipped on the disc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. That, that's left field. I like that one a lot, actually. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, look, staying with, I'm gonna, I promise not to keep choosing Geelong Ruckman, but I'm, I'm going to go with Brad Ottens. Okay, after coming over from Richmond, sort of helped the, the Cats sort of become that dynasty uh, that they, they were between the 2007 to 2011. So I'm going to roll with uh, nice big, big Brad Ottens. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, I'll I'll probably go my third pick. Uh, I'll probably I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go another old coach of mine, Peter Somerville. Ooh. So he played for uh, yeah, played a flag for for Essendon, and uh, someone who coached me as well. He was actually he was a fantastic coach for me. He's uh, he you know he was a big. Um, he was a big supporter of me, and then he gave me a lot of confidence too. And the good thing about ruck training is when they get involved with you and they get out on the paddock and get involved in the ruck contest. And he was one that he, 
I think he was actually doing he had an earth movement business up the coast at that stage. And, yeah. and he'd get out there, come down to training and get out on the track and we used to be there <laughs> wrestling each other as a young bloke. So and he used to get right into it. So oh, no, I'm gonna go Peter Solomon. Oh nice, I like that. That's good. That's real good. That's awesome. Um, all right. Do I go right back or do I uh, keep it keep it modern? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go a little I'm gonna go a little left field. I'm gonna go with uh, Jeff White. Jeff White, the uh, from Melbourne. Yeah. No, he did some he was a one wonderful Yeah. Huge leap, just about yeah, just about to say he had a massive leap on him and always got to the top top of the ball and um he was yeah he was well, it was wonderful uh, unfortunate obviously didn't get that flag but I'm sure he was uh, I, saw, I remember seeing a video of him um so happy and so emotional that the D's had won the flag last year which was which was amazing too so I did um, I did see an Instagram story of him so don't worry I think he celebrated the uh the, the last demons one like it was his own anyway so <laughs> he looked like he was having a good time oh he definitely definitely was so I want to get yeah I want to get Jeff White in there what's your what's your next one uh I'll go Aaron Sandland oh yeah okay yeah good call good call can't leave him off the it's, list uh, can't leave him off he uh it, it was always a hard one to go against that's for sure oh definitely oh <laughs> Did you get how much did you go up against? Did you go up against him much? Obviously, it would have been sort of the same. A lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How always, did you find him as a bloke? Like, <laughs> was he? Nah, oh, you never sort of talk too much on the field, mate. We, you never sort of talk too much. You know, only throw some banter out every now and then. But he was a big unit, that's for sure. So he was always a hard man to get around. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I could imagine. Uh, <laughs> I could imagine he's not much of a not much of a talker. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, all right. You know what? I'm going to chuck yourself on, on my list, mate. Uh, I loved watching you play and uh, getting that flag in 2003. You got you and uh, Clark Keating were a, a fantastic pairing uh, in that in that yeah. granny. So I think, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get you on my list, mate. Thanks, mate. Sure. Well, I, I got to pick me old mate Crackers. <laughs> so I, um, I'll go back him as well. So. That's it. At me if he if he listens to the podcast and I haven't mentioned it. <laughs> no, you guys are you guys are awesome. Perry, September Matt, September September specialist. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Just yeah. <laughs> he was. He was. He was one of sort of. He was underrated, I reckon. He was very underrated. I think he didn't get as much talked about him. Obviously, with some amazing ruckman. Never got uh, much well. talked about him during the season because he never played. <laughs> just come in for the finals and away you go that's, that's all you need that's, that's all you need that's <laughs> oh that's awesome mate that's awesome um well that, that's just about all we've got time for on the under pressure podcast mate thanks so much uh for jumping on and giving us some time and and some insight into your career and everything like that and sorry to bring up all the <laughs> all the bad stuff too i'm gonna cry now thank you mate thanks for having me on Ah, awesome mate thanks so much to jamie for joining us on the under pressure podcast and we'll see you soon the under pressure podcast available wherever you get your podcasts remember to subscribe and share it with all your friends and family and while you're at it give us a follow on instagram and twitter at under pressure one underscore and under pressure podcast on facebook and we'll see you on the next